Welcome to The Backstory with Dr. Ricky Singh. This podcast is focused on bringing you the latest research-based information about dramatically improving health, well-being, and quality of life. And here's your host, Dr. Ricky Singh. Welcome to The Backstory. And thank you out there for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us for this exciting episode. And today we're going to bring back a previous guest. We did an episode on eye wellness about a year ago and digital eye strain, posture when working on the computers, reading at night, and a whole bunch of things like that. And it was really a hit with the listeners. So we're going to do a little bit more of that about eye care and eye wellness. So my guest today is one of New York City's leading ophthalmologists and cataract surgery experts. She has been voted by her patients and peers as a New York City super doctor for many years. And she's also the ophthalmologist for the New York Rangers, which is a pretty exciting time for us here in New York. We just won a pretty good game last night. So hopefully more to come in that respect. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Ashley Brissett to the backstory. Dr. Brissett, welcome. Thank you so much. I love being here. Last time we did this, this was so much fun. And it's amazing to see how much your podcast has grown and how many listeners you get. This is incredible. Well, I, I appreciate that. And today we're going to talk about just that, how social media and the internet is kind of playing an impact into some of the eye care trends that you're seeing. You know, a lot of our patients go to Dr. Google and tell us what the internet is saying about their health and about their information and certainly why there are physicians like yourself putting out high quality healthcare information to patients. There's also trends and other things that aren't so healthy for patients. So we're going to dive into that. So tell us a little bit, what are you seeing out there on TikTok or Instagram or whatever regarding eye care trends these days? Yeah, that's a really good question because this is something that has definitely increased in popularity over the past few years. Because I think one thing that's amazing about social media is that people love to share information. But sometimes the information that we're sharing isn't always validated by the sources that it should be. And so trends start to go viral or information starts to go viral. But you really want to have that kind of known safety behind it if that is the case. And one thing that I'm seeing a lot in ophthalmology and that I get asked to comment about a lot in the media are beauty trends with the eyes. So often things will go viral on TikTok. Say there's an example of a video of a girl that was helping to curl her eyelashes by blasting a hot blow dryer into her face with her eyes open. And as I say that, I bet you could imagine that doesn't sound safe for your eyes. And and you're completely right. And these things end up going viral because it's kind of a funny little video. The effect that she posted after of how cool and curled and beautiful her eyelashes looked looked nice. So people wanted to try it. But what ends up happening is that it becomes not safe because the heat from the blow dryers can cause scratches or burns on the surface of the eye, which can be really dangerous for your vision. So that's why I think it's so important that we as healthcare professionals are out there on social media debunking some of these viral trends and then also talking about ways that you can take care of your body in a safe way. Absolutely. You know, I think it was a couple of years ago, there were two challenges. One was the cinnamon challenge and one was the Tide Pod challenge. Okay. We all remember that yeah. with... <laughs> One of the football players, one of the NFL players actually demonstrating the Tide Pod Challenge to viewers and really causing a lot of havoc in healthcare because patients were coming in with all these disorders. So one of the things I saw with um, danger in, in relation to eye health was something called the Bright Eye Challenge. I don't know if you've seen this. This was something this <laughs> where uh, they were putting bleach and gel and hand sanitizer into a bag and having the patients place that bag over their eyes to brighten their eyes. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is to 
combat dark circles or what we call raccoon eyes or bags. Talk to us a little bit about that. What are dark circles? Why do they develop and what are some of the ways that we can maybe prevent them? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're so right. People are very motivated by beauty trends, I think, especially when it comes to around their eyes and cosmetics for around their eyes. And so I think just as a young female, this has somewhat become a passion of mine because a lot of patients ask me about it. And because I am a young female, I'm also concerned about this. You know, I want my eyes to look healthy and bright going forward. So, you know, the reason why dark circles develop is that the skin around our eyes is 10 times thinner than the skin on the rest of our face. And so it's very prone to showing any changes in blood flow, any changes in dehydration of the skin around the eyes, and especially even any redness, because the blood vessels that are there are much more prominent than they are elsewhere on the face. And so it's very common to develop dark circles. One, as we get older, because again, that skin thins even more. And then two, in relation to our daily habits. So if you're maybe not as well hydrated, you can have a little bit more darker circles, lack of sleep, things like that. So when we start to then think about taking care of it, there isn't probably a really good get kind of bright eyes solution right away, but there are little tips and tricks that you can do day to day to try and help prevent them from looking so prominent. One of the products that I came across, especially for like a concealer in men, was something called Disco or the Disco oh. Stick. <laughs> and basically I think this is just makeup, yeah. right? It's not really fixing the problem and creating a healthy environment for that skin under the eyes. It's just a concealer. So when you speak with your patients or when you, when you think about yourself, is it mostly concealing the problem or are we actually trying to treat that area under the eye? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, which has started to become almost a passion of mine in terms of like getting to the root cause as to why your eyes look a certain way or even why they feel a certain way. So the most common reason why your eyes are red or why your eyes even might feel irritated, dry, scratchy, kind of gritty, which is a lot of reasons why people come to see an eye care professional. It's really in relation to dry eye and then also in relation to overgrowth of bacteria that occurs on the eyelids and eyelashes. So I always talk to my patients about this. You know, dentists were great for years about getting the message out that you should be brushing your teeth twice a day to remove kind of plaque and buildup that occurs on the teeth and that'll keep your smile kind of bright and healthy. But we as ophthalmologists haven't really got that message out for our patients about eye care. But you really should be washing and cleansing around your eyes twice a day. Once in the morning to kind of get the sleep crust off and to help kind of refresh and brighten the eyes. And then once as well before you go to bed because as we go about our day-to-day environments, we come across debris, pollution, pollen, you know, other allergens and things like that in our air, which build up on the eyelids and eyelashes. There's also just bacteria all over our skin. It loves to live on the eyelids and eyelashes as well. And bacteria produces what's called biofilm, which is a kind of um, a substance that can cause irritation and it can lead to an overgrowth of that abnormal bacteria. And then that can start to lead to redness and irritation of the eyes as well. So again, it's so important to be washing and cleansing around your eyes to get rid of that excess of bacteria to get rid of any pollution or debris that might have built up during the day. That's, you know, it's interesting. You're, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about what my daily routine is in terms of my eye care. So I want you to roast me a little bit and tell me <laughs> okay. what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. So I do use a facial cleanser in the shower, like one of these clean and clear type of products, but I really stay clear away from my eyes. I'm like on my forehead, my T-zone, my cheeks. I don't touch my eyes. I wash that off. After the shower, use a moisturizer, something called extravectin. Again, I don't even get close to my eyes. Not my eyelids, not the bottom. And at night, sometimes I use like a retinol product, like three, four times a week, just to help with skin. I feel like I don't clean my eyes at all, other than the water running over my face. I'm not putting any soap or any products 
near my eyes. Is that right? Is should I be doing something different? You know, I think you are you're doing that partially right. And the reason why I say that is those products that you're using, they're good for the skin on the face, but they're not formulated for use around your eyes. So I'm really happy to hear that you're not just using, you know, a general soap that you would use elsewhere onto the eyes because our eyes are so much more sensitive than the skin on the rest of our body. And then again with the retinol, again retinol is great at wrinkle kind of prevention. It helps with skin turnover. So a lot of people like to use that in their skincare products, but it can be very damaging if used too close around the eyes because it dries out the eyelash glands, which produce an oil which lubricates the eye. So it can lead to a lot of drying out of your eyes if you use it too close. So you're doing that part right by avoiding the eye area. But I also would then urge you to start to think about maybe a regimen for use around the eyes of products that are specially formulated for use around your eyes. You know, you walk down the pharmacy aisle or the beauty aisle at the stores that we go through and there's a million different things. You go to Neutrogena, you go to L'Oreal, and they have eye serum and vitamin A. Are these things safe for regular people to use to help kind of protect their eyes or even make them healthier? Yeah, so what I would kind of urge you, if you're looking for use for products for use around the eyes, you really have to make sure that they're created for the eye area. Because again, the eye area is really delicate. The skin there, as I mentioned before, is 10 times thinner than the skin elsewhere. So if you are going to be using products, make sure they're specially formulated for use around the eyes or that they've been tested for use around the eyes. And this kind of like leads me into as well why I started to develop my own eye care line. Um, So this is something that I'm really excited to start to talk about. It's launching this June and you know patients and and people like you would ask me well what should I use then around my eyes and exactly as you described there were cosmetic products that you could get at your local Sephora or your pharmacy and then there were medical grade products which doctors were using when people would come in to see us with say an eye infection or an overgrowth of that bacteria that we would recommend but there wasn't really anything that was in between that existed between the cosmetic space and the medical space and I really wanted to create something that was backed by science but gentle enough for everyday use. And so about, you know, two to three years ago, I started my company. It's called Daily Practice. So it's a part of your daily practice to take care of your eyes like you take care of the rest of your body. And I've created one product so far with a lab here in the United States. It's a special organic certified lab that specializes in skincare products. And we did 15 rounds of revisions. I always jokingly say they pretty much hated me by the end of it, but I needed it to be perfect because I wanted to be able to recommend it to my patients. And so we did 15 rounds of revisions of products. And this is the first three-in-one that does everything that I needed it to do for my patients and you know my friends and family that would ask. It cleanses around your eyes. It also helps to remove makeup if you're wearing makeup. And then it hydrates the eyelid skin. So you're kind of getting everything all in one product. And so it's kind of a new and you know revolutionary way to think about taking care of your vision long-term. That was great. I went to the website and I kind of looked over the product ingredients. And it seems like a lot of it's natural. It's not pharmaceutical. So you don't need a prescription for this. This is mostly natural elements that patients would normally find not combined into one product. But tell us about that. Tell us about that journey. How did you pick the products to use in this product? Yeah, so I really knew kind of based on my medical background what ingredients I would recommend for use around the eyes. So I wanted something that would be gentle enough for every day, but effective enough to do what I needed it to in terms of cleansing and removing that bacteria and that pollutant debris. And so in working with these special skincare chemists, I kind of came to them and said, this is my idea and this is what I need. And then we worked back and forth with different ingredients. I think one thing that some people do is they move to what's called private 
label, which is where a lab will have already had a product made that then somebody puts their name on. And that's very common for celebrity skincare products. And I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to come up with novel kind of ingredients and a novel product. So I worked with these chemists and we worked back and forth. We then did extensive testing on the product as well once it was created to make sure that it would be gentle and safe, especially for people with sensitive or already kind of sensitive prone eyes. And then that's where the first product, which is called Eye Revive, was developed. So yes, you're right. You don't need a prescription for it. It's something that's safe for all people of all ages, all genders, um, and it can be used morning and night to help kind of refresh and cleanse around your eyes. Is this product, Eye Revive, which again, that went to the website, looks fantastic. Um, is it for men and women, for people who've had LASIK like myself or people with vision problems, any contraindications to using this? Yeah, so there really isn't. It's really safe and gentle yet effective. So, uh, you know, my tagline for the product is your eye care ritual backed by science. So again, I urge people to start to think about, you know, it's not just a product for, say, women who are wearing makeup. It really can be used by men as well because, again, everybody needs to be cleansing around their eyes to help keep their eyes healthy. You know, last time you heard, we talked about how, and we mentioned it today as well, how dentists are great at saying, come in once or twice a year and get your teeth checked get your teeth cleaned but no one really says that about our eyes and I I promised you last time I would come to you to get my eyes checked I still haven't done that (laughs) I will I will make that appointment but also regarding what the message dentists send out to their patients floss your teeth and make them clean we don't do a really good job in terms of eye care and just like I told you I probably have never washed my eyes properly other than the water around my soap I just let it run over but sometimes I get soap and shampoo in my eyes and my eyes tell me that was a mistake. Exactly. I can't, yeah. It's red, it's hot, it's burning. I get out of the shower, I can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've made steps to not make that happen and have that experience more gentle. Exactly, yeah. And again, it's what we talked about earlier. It's getting to the root cause of, say, why your eyes are irritated or red. And the reasons being is that buildup of bacteria, that buildup of pollutant debris. And so if we want to get to the cause as to why you're having these symptoms, let's do that. And then kind of moving forward, you'll, forward, you'll start to see a change in how your eyes look and in how they feel. So they'll be whiter they'll be brighter the skin will be more hydrated and I think you'll start to feel really refreshed as well what are some if you're able to speak about what are some of the products inside I revive you know we hear about or go to the salon and the spa and they put cucumbers on your eyes yeah. <laughs> I've heard patients uh, people put tea bags on their eyes to provide caffeine what are some of the things in I revive that are really helpful yeah so we have a lot of plants and marine extracts which help kind of with that refresh kind of feeling and then as well there's an ingredient called uh, xylitol which has some antimicrobial properties but it's very safe and gentle again for everyday use and then there's hydrating properties as well for that so So again, it kind of had to have all of those components to truly be that three-in-one that I envisioned, and I think we're there. What are some of the things that you see patients tell you that they are using for their eye care where you kind of grimace and you're like, oh no, please stop doing that. What are some common things that you see? Yeah, so commonly often people talk about using just general soaps around their eyes and then they'll complain that they're burning and stinging, which again is very common. Um, But it's just because people don't know what they should be using. You know, if somebody truly has like a severe bacterial overgrowth, we'll use more medical-induced ingredients. And so a lot of the medical kind of branded ones, they have hypochlorous acid in it, which sounds severe. It's very, very effective for a significant overgrowth of bacteria, but not generally for everyday use. And then there were a lot of cosmetic products so people were using just like general Revlon you know over-the-counter makeup removers around their eyes but then over time it was drying out the skin causing a lot of irritation so again there was nothing that existed in between the two where it was medically effective yet cosmetically was okay to be using every day. In terms of your own personal philosophy you know it's difficult we go through medical training we go through residency and we've been taught how to use pharmaceutical medications and medical interventions to treat problems and sometimes we forget 
that there might be some natural remedies out there that are really effective. We don't really learn a lot of that Eastern medicine or whatever you want to call it in medical school. So how did you think to yourself, you know what, we don't need drugs and the cosmetic scene isn't providing the necessary oversight. I'm going to kind of meet in the middle. How did you decide that on your own? Well, I think that's something that's so important that I try to talk to my patients about because even if they're coming in to see me just for a general eye exam, I ask them about things like their hydration. I ask them about their diet because I do really think that the way that we kind of take care of ourselves day to day really impacts our long-term health. I'll even talk to my patients about stress levels because stress does all kinds of things to our bodies. And sometimes people will come to see me with vision changes that will do a full investigation and there's nothing to find except we'll realize that they're under a lot of stress and that's leading to some of their you know, symptoms that they're experiencing. So I think starting to think about medicine as a truly holistic space is really important. And you know, I have certain strengths as an ophthalmologist and I know a certain amount, but if a patient comes to me saying, you know, I met with somebody in, in a different area and these are some things they're recommending, I'll look into it with them, we'll investigate it, we'll see if this is something that's appropriate that fits into their care plan. Yeah, I think especially for muscle skeletal medicine and things that I see, I speak a lot about supplements. I love turmeric or curcumin. It's a great anti-inflammatory, great for stress. It's been shown to be effective in arthritis and Alzheimer's and a whole bunch of things, but it's not regulated by the FDA. So patients say, well, which product should I use? Which brand should I use? And I can't really answer that because like we talked about, I don't know where these products have come from. So now that you've been in that sphere of designing a product for use for patients, how do you kind of reconcile that there's no FDA regulation, yet these products are safe and they're effective for this indication. Yeah, I think you really have to kind of trust the lab that you're working with. And again, that's why I didn't want to just put my name on something that was already created, that somebody was saying, you know, this is a product we have, you know, throw Dr. Brissett on it. I really worked with the chemists to say, these are ingredients that I know are effective. And in your expertise, how can we kind of make this into something that's safe for everyday use for around the eyes? So I think in working with this certified organics lab, and it, again, it was important to me to be, have this made in the United States just so that I could kind of help to support, you know, industry in this country as well. I think as well, there was a lot of brand integrity that was really important to me that I thought of as I was creating this. So, you know, other than where it's made here in the U.S., it was also important to me to have all the material be recycled materials. So it's all recycled post-consumer plastics and cardboards that are used for shipping and manufacturing. And then as well, a portion of proceeds for the product go to Foundations for Fighting Blindness, because it's really important to me to just spread global awareness about eye health so what I kind of love about this product is if you're buying it, you're not just helping yourself and in your vision, you're helping somebody else regain vision as well. Tell us a little bit about that portion of the proceeds from the product, uh, the Foundation for Blindness. What do they do? What is their mission and how did you get involved with them? Yeah, so I volunteered with Orbis, which is an organization that provides surgical and medical vision care worldwide. And what's really important with that organization is they don't just do high volume surgery. They actually teach local um, hospitals and local doctors in different communities how to do surgery. They teach the anesthesiologists how to perform anesthesia for eye surgery, nursing support. They teach the hospitals how to sterilize and cleanse the equipment. And they go back year after year until they are no longer needed in that community and in that hospital. So it was really kind of setting up the self-sufficient eye care, which again, is, I think is important. I volunteered with them many times and I look forward to volunteering again now that hopefully our pandemic is, is slowing down. And so again, it's just important to me, I think, to think about eye care on a global level, about our contribution to society. So that's one of the organizations. There's also the American Society for Cataract and Refractive Surgery, which has a foundation, which also helps 
helps to provide vision services within the U.S. and globally as well. So there's a number of organizations, and what we're going to do in the future is partner with many different ones and, and provide funding for these already amazing um, organizations to go out and provide their services. No, that's great. I you know I applaud your efforts in not only providing a product to the public that's safe and effective, but also giving back to the community and outreaching to a group of people that would not get that care that they normally would would need. How do people get this product? How do you get daily practice and I revive? What's the best way? Yeah, so the best way we're selling online currently. So the website is www.dailypractice.com. Um, so you can purchase for pre-order now. It'll be available for full order um, this June. And then we will be selling out of doctor's offices um, and online on Amazon eventually as well. That's great. Dr. Brissett, I love speaking with you and learning more about what's new in eye care. Obviously, me as someone who promotes health and wellness, I have neglected my vision (laughs) and uh, the skin under my eyes. So I'm going to get into this product and see how effective it is for me. What else can you share with our listeners? What have we missed that we should talk about? And uh, any final words? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I do get asked a lot as well is about eye whitening, eye drops, because that started to become really popular as well. So kind of my little caveat to that, I'll say, is that some of the products that are currently available, again, just over the counter for purchase, such as Visine or Clear Eyes, the way that they work is they contain ingredients that constrict the arteries and the veins. And so it actually decreases blood flow to the eyes, which is how it makes your eyes more white. You have to be very careful using these eye drops because in decreasing that blood flow, when the drop wears off, you can get a really big rebound effect. And so your eyes can actually get more red after you use them, which keeps you using the product. So again, rather than searching for solutions, which might just make your eyes temporarily more white, get to the root cause as to why you feel like your eyes are red and maybe see and speak to your ophthalmologist to see if there's some underlying treatments or things that you can discuss, which might help improve instead. There's an Another one that's available, which is called Lumify, that one's a little more gentle on the surface of the eyes. It only constricts the veins and not the arteries. So if you do have to use something, what I tell my patients is just use it for specific events. You don't want to be using it every day. But if you have like an event or a wedding that you're going to and you feel like your eyes are maybe a bit tired or red, it's safe to use just as needed. Yeah, I think to your point about not just treating the symptoms and covering it up is actually getting to the root cause is very, very important. We see that a lot in pain medicine, of course, just covering something up with a pain pill versus figuring out why do you have pain, similar to what you mentioned about eye care. One thing I I just thought of, as you mentioned, red eyes, you know, allergies have picked up in New York City, (laughs) and my kids have been waking up with itchy eyes and runny nose, and my eyes get red. What are some over-the-counter treatments or even when to see you regarding red eyes in the allergy season? Yeah, and this year is really bad for some reason. I've had so many patients come in to see me that have said, I've never had allergies before, but this year is bad. And there is a lot of pollen in the air, so it's true. Um, so exactly as you said, people are really prone to like rub their eyes because they're so itchy. My big piece of advice is try really hard not to rub them because it does make things worse. Because in rubbing them, that leads to more irritation and more swelling in the eyelid area. So things that you can do if you have allergies, one, as much as you can, allergen avoidance. So I know that's difficult to do if you you know you're active and outside you can do cold compresses if you get like a washcloth put under really cold water the cold can help with that cold artificial tears can be helpful as well just to kind of again rinse out some of that pollen washing around your eyelids to get rid of any pollen that might have built up during the day and then there's a number of great over-the-counter anti-allergy drops so a few different ones are called Pataday, Lasticaft those can just be found without a prescription so if you've tried some of those at-home things you've tried the over the counter ones and your eyes are still irritating you, then definitely see your ophthalmologist because there are more some prescription based therapies, which can also be helpful as well. If you have allergies elsewhere, like if you get the stuffy nose or the scratchy throat or ears, then if you take an antihistamine or a pill by mouth, that can sometimes help the eye symptoms as well. Super advice. (laughs) I'm going to take that into account. I'm going to share that with my family instead of just 
running for the eye drops. Yeah. <laughs> avoiding the allergens, which like you said, is not easy when you're out in the community, but uh, certainly well appreciated. As usual, I have learned a lot from you. I think my listeners have. I'm excited about this product, Daily Practice, and it's called iRevive. Yes. And I'll share that information with the listeners, of course, and put that out onto the blog. But out there to the listeners, I thank you for tuning in to the backstory where we try to get you the most up-to-date information on health and wellness coming straight from the mounts of the expert. So Dr. Brissett, thank you for your time on the show today. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And thank you to the listeners. Until next time, if you have any health or wellness issues, please reach out to us. We here at The Backstory, we've got your back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Backstory. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, and review The Backstory on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. And feel free to share this podcast on social media or even your own website or blog. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. To learn more about Dr. Singh and his clinical research, please follow him on social media. You can also sign up for his newsletter by going to www.rickysinghmd.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H-M-D dot com.